Jimmy's Table. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. So today is episode 78, in which I'm going to provide seven tips for living a more simple, modest, and frugal life. But before I do, I'd like to play a little clip from uh, something from the turn of the century, or the turn of the millennium, as, as some folks might say, um, of a famous commencement speech. Uh, or at least a clip of that. So let me go ahead and play that real quick for you to kind of set the mood for today's show. Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 99, wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. <laughs> so I play that clip kind of as a disclaimer for today's podcast. As many of you know who follow this uh, podcast regularly, I am uh, somebody who works for one of the big bad banks. So please do not construe any of the advice on today's program as being professional financial advice uh, or the reflecting the opinion of my employer the opinion uh, the opinions put forward in today's show are mine and mine alone if you have any financial um, concerns or anything of that matter you know please consult your certified professional um, who can give you that advice whether it's a lawyer an accountant um, stock broker or whoever all this advice is simply my personal opinion so, now that I got the disclaimer out of the way, wear sunscreen, right? <laughs> so, uh, today's show is going to be about a more simple life. And when I'm talking about a more simple life, I'm primarily talking about that of financial considerations. Um, you know, you might think of it as kind of a financial minimalist sort of philosophy and mindset. Um, but, you know, I really don't like that term uh, minimalism because that implies... Uh, lack, that implies starvation, that implies denying yourself of the most basic necessities, and it's kind of a depressing thought to think about. I don't, I don't think of that as very inspirational. Um, rather, I prefer to talk about um, things in the terms of maximizing your life. Yes, I believe the simple life is actually the best way to maximize your life. Instead of trying to, to get all you can in some sort of materialistic orgy of life in which you constantly live on the highest and best and greatest and, not, and just drown in all the material comforts and pleasures and, and, and vacations and trips and, and all that sort of stuff in life. Um, you know, I want to talk about an approach to life that I believe allows you to live a more simple life, but in doing so... Uh, you're really going to be maximizing your ultimate potential when it comes to your life. But before I give my financial tips today for living a more simple life, I'd like to give a shout out to followers on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, for the Jimmy's Table podcast page, individuals like Paul King, Jonathan Honig. Yes, Jonathan Honig, the guy on Fox News. He, he follows the podcast. Uh, <laughs> and uh, John Howie and some others. 
I would like to give a shout out to them for some of the tips they provided because I've incorporated that into this podcast as well as a couple comments that other people made that kind of made me think. But uh, a shout out to those big three who helped fuel some of the conversation that I'm getting ready to have with you. So without further ado, my seven tips. Tip number one, live a life of purpose and live it on purpose. At the end of the day, all the things that we do should be driven by the ultimate sense of purpose that uh, is in our hearts. Of course, that includes basic purposes such as surviving, food, shelter, taking care of our families, and things of that nature. But ultimately, we have to consider bigger things. And this is highly individualistic. Um, So whatever it is that you have festering in your heart, just that burning desire, um, the thing that is ultimately going to help you um, get through life and gives your life purpose and meaning uh, and brings value and enriches your life, you need to order your life and the things you buy around that purpose. I kind of think of it kind of like uh, the, the stereotypical example of a starving artist. You know, somebody who dreams of, of doing art all day and maybe perhaps in the theater or in movies and they're just trying to get by in life so that everything that they do Um, you know, ultimately fuels that purpose so that they can create their art, so they can create their music, so that they can perform on the stage or in a movie. And they will often take gigs of all sorts um, that help uh, adjust their lifestyle so that they can further pursue their passions on the things that they believe that they are ultimately here to do. Now, I'm not saying you need to go ahead and wait tables for a living and that you need to be an Uber driver or DoorDash driver for a living so that you can, you know, pursue your passion. Um, (laughs) You know, I I don't necessarily recommend that. But, you know, maybe if that's what you need to do so that you can pursue the thing that drives you the most, um, do that thing. Ultimately, whatever your choice is, whether it is um, how much you spend or how much money you try to earn and what career paths uh, you try to pursue. Um, keep the greater purposes of your life beyond just food and shelter and, and the necessities of life. Um, you know, ultimately, get a job and make a career and buy the things that help make it possible for you to live the life that you want to live and to pursue the things that you're ultimately passionate about. You know, because if you if you start filling your life up with all the other stuff, um, you're soon going to find that uh, you have a bunch of things in your life that you don't need and that you don't really want and that ultimately distract you from your grander purposes. So if you better order your life around your purpose and make your financial career decisions ultimately around your purpose, um, I believe that uh, you'll find that you make less extravagant choices, and that you'll simply live a more uh, maximally productive life so that you can ultimately enjoy the things that you want to enjoy and to pursue the things that you're ultimately interested in pursuing in this life. Tip number two, maximize your income, but don't try to get rich. Trying to become wealthy is a road fraught with much difficulty and moral trappings that will probably in the end destroy you. Don't get me wrong, I'm not against the idea of you having money and you having a well-adjusted bank account uh, or stock portfolio or business or even becoming rich. 
But you know, I think there's a good bit of reason why the Bible warns so much about trying to pursue riches. There's a lot of snares um, that come with pursuing financial wealth. Financial wealth, which is actually at the end of the day, I think as we've all felt uh, through our lives and found out and discovered perhaps the hard way, you know, wealth is a pretty fickle thing that can be here one day and gone the next. So you should really, you know, get rid of any sort of idea that you're going to go out and strike it rich. I, I'll never forget when I was a freshman in college and how I had two friends in college who decided to drop out of college because they planned on being retired in two or three years. And I looked at them and I said, oh, well, how do you plan on being retired in two or three years? And then they told me about this wonderful business opportunity that they had discovered um, and that they would really like to sit down and talk to me further about this opportunity. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about multi-level marketing schemes. Um, you know, and I don't know whatever happened with those friends. Maybe, maybe they did become rich one day. I don't know. Um, but my guess is I never talked to them again because as far as I was concerned, they became toxic individuals that I wanted nothing to do with. And they, the only interest they had further in me was so that they could try to get me to sign up for their multi-level marketing program. (laughs) Um, you know, I know, I don't know what became of them, but my guess based off all the other people who get involved in such schemes is, and people who try to get rich, is they probably failed. And uh, they were engaged to get married. Um, I would even be willing to guess, just out on a limb, that their pursuit of wealth and dropping out of college um, probably didn't work out. And it probably shipwrecked their relationship. I'm just guessing. Um, so, you know, but whatever you do, try to maximize your income. Try to be as productive as you can. Try to leverage your skill um, so that you attract, you know, a a decent income, a a decent way of life for yourself. Um, And don't try to become wealthy. If you become wealthy, really, the only reason you should ever become wealthy is almost by accident. Um, It should be the result of simply good habits that pay dividends over time and, uh, you know, having a little luck on your side at the end of the day, because frankly, you know, to get wealthy is very difficult. Um, And unless you, you know, just get a top 1% type job, which is, you know, very difficult to do because it is a 1% type thing, um, you know, you shouldn't look to pursue getting wealthy. Just look to pursue the maximum type of income that you can earn based off your skills, based off hard work, um, based off being able to market yourself successfully to other individuals who want to pay you for your skills um, so that you can live the life that you want to ultimately live uh, that you know goes along with your purpose. But don't, whatever you do, try to get wealthy. That's just a road that leads to destruction in my opinion. Uh, and I've seen a lot of good people go bad trying to pursue wealth. Uh, and they learn the hard way that even if they grasp it for the moment, um, that that is a very fickle thing, and it can be here today and gone tomorrow. So do the wise thing. Work hard, develop your skill set, market yourself so that you can help serve others and produce, uh, you know, some sort of value in their lives. Maximize your income. Do like John Wesley said, earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can away. Um, But don't be afraid to maximize your income. But don't confuse that with trying to become wealthy. 
develop a skill and be really good at it uh, and do what you can to ultimately put a roof over your head, food in your stomach, uh, clothes on your back, and so you can take care of your wife and kids um, as you pursue the things that you want. Uh, but I, I believe if you try to get wealthy, you're only going to make your life really complicated uh, because there's a lot of moving parts that go along with trying to become wealthy. Uh, and I believe a lot of people are ultimately forced to make terrible compromises with their lives uh, that they would probably not otherwise be willing to make, um, all because they tried to pursue wealth and that sowed uh, some terrible seeds of destruction in their life along the way. Tip number three, don't be stingy, but do be frugal. And I think there's a difference between being stingy and being frugal. I see stinginess coming from uh, a cheapskate mentality um, that makes you fret over every red cent that you will ever spend. And that such ultimately will rob you of joy and kind of turn you into a jerk in the long run. Being frugal, though, is simply being a good steward of the talents and resources that God has given you. Um, and it seeks to simply get the most bang for your buck. But it's not afraid to spend where it is necessary to spend. Um, and it's not afraid to give good money in return of something of good value. Uh, whereas the person who is stingy um, robs themselves and they rob others of being able to enjoy the blessings that God has given us in this life. So don't be stingy, but do be frugal. Make a budget. Watch your spending. Don't go crazy. Uh, don't go on just mad shopping sprees all the time and spending every dime you can. Uh, you take a saver's mentality about your, your, your money. You know, don't look just to burn uh, a hole in your pocket or just because you have some sort of itch, just go on a spending spree. You know, be an individual who's wise with the use of their money. And I think that is the key difference between the idea of being frugal and being stingy. Stingy people aren't wise with their money. Stingy people are foolish with their money because they don't understand the value of money and they don't understand the value of the things that they're buying from others in, in the terms of goods and services. Uh, they don't see the value that others are able to provide them. And as a result, they're a miser uh, and they treat other people like crap. Frugal people don't have that mentality. And this leads to the next point. Point number four, be generous. The decision to give to others, the decision to give to causes that you believe in, at the end of the day, if you really believe in them, should be one of the easiest things that you can ever do as a human being. We're all created in the image and likeness of God, and I believe if we all recognize that God has given us uh, talents and abilities and financial resources in order to bless others with, whatever we have in the way of our talents and abilities and resources to bless others with, we should be more than happy in order to bless others with that time, that talent, those resources, those abilities, um, and whatever it is we may have. We need to live, as the old adage says, with open hands. Um, because if we fail to be individuals who are generous, who 
fail to give other people generous tips, who fail to donate to charity and causes that we believe in, uh, to freely help others out, then we've kind of missed the point of why it is that we have the things that we have to begin with. Uh, God has not put us here on the earth to simply be individuals who do nothing but consume constantly. Uh, we're here to be stewards and to use the things that we have in this world with wisdom. And the only way we can ultimately do that, I believe, is if we lead from a place of generosity in our heart. So be generous in all that you do. Um, and, you know, don't be afraid uh, to even pay top dollar for something if somebody has truly provided a good or service uh, that is worthy of the talent um, and what they have um, ultimately provided you with in return for that money. Be generous, you know, pay people extra. Don't just chase the bottom dollar. Don't just chase the bottom line. This is not the race for the bottom as we often experience in our capitalist society. Uh, instead, be an individual who richly rewards others for their time, their service, uh, and whatever it is that they're ultimately doing on your behalf. Um, or even if they're not doing something on your behalf. If it's something you believe in, be generous in helping that individual out um, because you realize that freely you have ultimately received all things. So, you know, be in a place spiritually, mentally, emotionally where you can freely give and to do so without reservation, to do so without feeling like you're making some sort of sacrifice. Lead from a place of generosity, and it will never hurt to give to anybody in anything that you do. Point number five, be thankful and be content with the things that you have. You don't need to buy the latest and greatest and biggest and baddest but don't buy cheap junk either. Don't be afraid to enjoy nice things, but don't live a life of extravagance. Kind of take, I believe, like the Greek philosophers, the Epicureans, uh, and the approach that they used to have to life. A lot of people think the Epicureans were these people who had uh, highbrow tastes, who were the wine and caviar crowd of the day. Um, but in truth, if you ever examine Greek Epicurean philosophy, you'll understand that they actually lived lives of modesty, where they lived simple and plain lives, but they did indulge in the things that were truly worth indulging in. So identify those things in your life. Discover the things that bring great quality and value to your life. And be thankful and content to have those things. But don't always pursue the best, the greatest, the latest. You don't have to have every dinner out at a five-star restaurant. Be satisfied to cook some well-seasoned chicken thighs in your skillet at home for dinner on a regular basis. You don't have to have the, the latest and greatest European car when you can have a nice Honda Civic or Accord. Um... And, you know, if you have this mentality of being thankful, being thankful to God, being thankful to others, and learning to be content with the, the basic and simple things of life, um, and you have this spirit of gratitude, then I think you'll find that your, your cravings um, for the extravagant, your cravings for luxury, your cravings for over-the-top experiences, your cravings for all these material things, 
I think you'll find over time that your appetite will change. And eventually you'll get to the place where you only buy things that are truly of value, that you'll buy things that you only truly need and or truly want. As a result, your life won't be cluttered with all sorts of materialistic nonsense um, and you'll be able to live off of less. It doesn't mean you won't have nice things. That mean, doesn't mean you won't enjoy the fruits of your labor, um, but that you'll truly only spend your money on the things that ultimately matter to you and come from the purposes that drive your life. Um, famous investor Warren Buffett once said that price is what you pay, but value is what you get. And if you're operating from, I think, a spirit of thankfulness and a spirit of contentment, um, you'll realize that there are things in life that do cost money, and you will spend your money on that. But you only spend it on things that truly are valuable to you in your heart and that you believe you're ultimately getting a good return on in your purchase. And that's been Warren Buffett's financial advice over the years. And I think it, was, it would be something that we truly should try to take to our hearts, um, that we're only truly buying things and spending our hard-earned money on things that we really, truly value. Because if we're just spending to spending because we have disposable income and because we're you know caught up in the rat race and trying to keep up with the Joneses and all that sort of stuff, we're soon going to find ourselves drowning in all sorts of crazy materialistic nonsense. And I think we only get in that place when we're not operating from a spirit of thankfulness, when we're not content with the things that we have. It's We get an itch. And so we start chasing after things, after stuff, uh, stuff that adds no value or purpose or meaning to our life. But the cure to that is a spirit of thankfulness and a spirit of recognizing the blessings that God has placed in our life um, and realizing that the, 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 the grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence. But if the Lord is my shepherd, as Psalm 23 says, uh, then the grass that I lay down on every night is plenty green enough. Um, so that should keep us from chasing after all the nice things. And I say this as a person who enjoys nice things in life, um, who, who, however, that doesn't just go frivolously, frivolously spending his money on a bunch of junk uh, all the time. But I do have nice things. I have a nice house. I have a a decent car, a nice car. It's a Honda Accord. It's 11, 12 years old now. <laughs> uh, it's got 175,000 miles on it, and I plan on driving it for a long time, and I'm very content with that. Would I like a nicer car? Would I like a more expensive car? Would I like uh, something a lot more cooler than my you know, 12-year-old Accord? Yeah, who wouldn't, right? But at the end of the day, I'm thankful to God that I have reliable transportation. Uh, it's not failing me. I'm getting a lot of value out of it. Uh, and it serves a functional purpose in my life. And I'm content with that. And I think that's the spirit and mindset that we need to bring to our lives. Is saying, wow, you know, God has blessed me with all these great things. And I'm thankful to him for it. I'm thankful to the people who have made such things available to me. Uh, and I'm not going to take them for granted. Because I think when we lose the spirit of thankfulness or a spirit of contentment, or it's because we fail to take things ultimately 
for granted. Sixth point, don't simply live within your means, but if possible, live below your means. Now, I know this is hard, and I know this is highly situational. This is very unique to your specific financial context. I know a lot of people out there, you know, just scrape by. They live paycheck to paycheck, and even though they live very frugal, modest lives already, um, you know, they're kind of in a situation where uh, they couldn't live any more simple, um, and they're already at kind of their wit's end. Um, so I know everybody's situation is different. I know I've, I've, I've been there myself. Um, but, you know, so this is very contextual. But whenever possible, especially if you're, you know, especially if you're a middle class person, and I'm guessing most of the folks who listen to my podcast are probably middle class people. Um, but, you know, live with not only in your means, but, low, but below your means. If possible, live only off one income or only afford a house off of one income. Avoid debt as much as possible and pay for as much as you can with cash. If you can't afford it with cash, you probably shouldn't be buying it to begin with. Um, of course, I'd make an exception for that for, you know, a house. And if you absolutely must, um, you know, medical debts or automobile payments, but try to deal with those as much as in cash as possible. Because at the end of the day, excessive debts show that you are ultimately living outside your means. Don't be quote-unquote house poor. And when possible, buy your cars in cash or at the most with a very modest loan and then drive your cars until it's no longer practical to do so. That is if you truly can afford to do so. I understand everybody's situation is different. Uh, Everybody lives in different parts of the country. Rent is different. Housing costs are different. Uh, you have different automobile needs, um, and you may not be able to afford a car all in cash. I, I get it, I get it, I get it. But if it is within your means to do so, you don't need the $70,000 Mercedes or the $100,000 Suburban. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> you know, realistically, practically speaking, if I could throw out a raw number, um, you know, really... You shouldn't ever have to buy a car that's worth more than about fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. And that, if you had to get an auto loan for that full amount, shouldn't cost you any more than about three hundred bucks a month, folks. That's just that simple. I get it. I get it. every again. Everybody's financial situation is different, but I'm talking about living a simple life here. I'm not talking about a life in which you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, as Dave Ramsey's famous for saying. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses because the Joneses are broke. Stay away from debt. And I say that as a big bad banker, you know, as somebody who makes a living at a bank whose, you know, primary goal in life is to help people financially succeed, but uh, to do so also by taking out loans and debts and things of that nature. Again, everybody's situation is different, and this opinion is mine uh, alone. It's not that of my employer, but I'm just speaking from my personal convictions here and what I try to practice as best as possible. Um, try to live only off one income if you can, if you're in a dual income household, um, or at least when it comes to the necessities. And I would recommend personally speaking, um, if you're going to buy a house, don't just buy the biggest house that the bank affords you the ability to do so. Try to keep your so-called debt income ratio. That is your total monthly debts compared to your total 
monthly gross income. Uh, that is your income before taxes and insurance and all that fun stuff. You know, try to keep your total debts under 25% of your gross income. Uh, you know, if you start getting up into the 30% range when it comes to houses and auto loans and other debts, you're getting to the point of being stretched thin. Um, and you're going to find out that the world is very expensive, very quick, and you're probably going to be regularly kind of in a world of pain. Of course, I know, again, this is situational. My advice here it depends on your context. I know housing prices in some parts of the country are very expensive compared to others. But, you know, with that said, especially in today's kind of new economy where a lot of people are getting to work from home uh, because of COVID and, and how a lot of companies are now making remote work um, full-time a possibility, try to try to live somewhere cheaper if you can. If you're, uh, you know, in Orange County, California, if you're in Orange County, California, where a mobile home might cost you $600,000, uh, you might need to try to consider moving outside of Orange County, California. I'm just saying. Uh, of course, again, everybody's situation is different. But at the end of the day, live below your means. You should have margin uh, and flexibility when it comes to your financial life because at the end of the day, so much happens in life that you simply can't prepare for. Uh, and the only way you're going to be able to prepare for it is if you have uh, space in your monthly budget in order to do so. You're not going to be able to do that if you're having to spend every red cent just to carve out a basic life. And tip number seven, save and invest. Life is full of things, both certain and uncertain, that will happen to you. So prepare for the things that you can reasonably expect to happen as well as the things that you aren't even aware of yet. Christmas comes every year. Kids' birthdays come every year. These things shouldn't constitute financial emergencies and you shouldn't have to go in debt to take care of such things. And if you can, if you're maximizing your income and living with below your means um, and you have the ability to do so, Save and invest as much as you can. It should almost kind of hurt and scare you of how much money you attempt to save and invest on a monthly basis. Um, of course, you're not going to be able to do that if you're not living by a budget and you're not living below your means and you're not maximizing your income and you're not avoiding the materialistic orgy. If, if, if every night is wine and caviar and cheese for you uh, and not uh, you know grilled chicken in a skillet, you're probably going to be stretched thin. Uh, you're probably not going to be able to afford life if you're always driving the BMW or the Tesla or the Mercedes or the Infiniti or the Suburban or what have you. Um, if you're going to live below your means, you should be able to do so for a lot of people. Uh, so make sure you're very conscious about saving and investing and preparing for the future because you know at some point you're going to have to buy a new car you know you're going to have to buy the kids Christmas presents. You know Johnny's going to need braces. You know the roof is going to eventually need to be patched on your house. So save and prepare for these things. And then make sure you invest uh, as well so you can give a little bit of extra help to your long-term financial success. Not only for retirement plans, but things that you know will may eventually happen in the future. 
Um, because at some point, you're probably going to lose your job. At some point, somebody's probably going to get sick. Uh, at some point, there's going to be a huge unexpected bill that's going to come out from the middle of nowhere that you didn't even think about. So be prepared for those happenings in life. Now, I'm not saying you need to worry or be worried and, you know, fret over the things that may or may not happen in life. But that doesn't mean you can't make reasonable pr preparations for the future, just knowing that those are the eventualities of life. You know, don't worry about these things. Um, look to God and trust God for your future, by all means. Uh, don't lose sleep over it. But that doesn't mean if you have the means to do so, if God has provided you with the financial uh, blessings in order to do so, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't take those um, financial blessings that you have in your life and use them um, to take care of not only immediate needs, but things that you know that will eventually come. So don't just blow all your money and uh, live for the moment, so to say. Um, be wise in the things that you have been given and be a good steward. And I believe if you have this approach to life, if you follow these seven tips for a more simple life, um, I believe that over time you will see that life on many levels gets a little bit easier as you uh, take these little baby steps, as you take these little building blocks and start to build uh, and order your financial house um, in a certain way, if you start making these plans, these preparations, these little lifestyle adjustments, that over time it all adds up and it kind of acts as a form of compound interest at the end of the day, especially if you're investing, um, in which your money starts working for you instead of you working always for your money. You know, there's, there's an old saying, I forget where it's from, uh, so forgive me, but it says, you know, the difference between rich and poor people is that poor people buy stuff and wealthy people buy assets. You know, and I don't sit here to say that and disparage the poor in any way. You know, Jesus said, blessed are the poor. But if we're talking about how to best order your financial life, which this podcast is ultimately about, you know, don't just go spending your your hard-earned money, the things that God has blessed you with, the God, things that God has called you to be a wise uh, steward of. Don't just go waste it on stuff. You know, put your money to work in meaningful ways, a way that ultimately is driven by the purpose uh, and the things that fuel uh, your heart at the end of the day. Because I've found over the years that it's it's so easy to to fill your life with full of stuff and just to buy frivolous stuff. And then all of a sudden you look around and you have so much stuff that you don't even know what to do with it. So you're forced to, to put it in a storage bin somewhere um, and pay somebody $50 a month so that you can have a storage facility <laughs> because there's not enough room in your house. You don't even have enough room in your house to park your car in your garage because your garage is filled with so much clutter and crap and things that you don't even need anymore. And soon enough, you're needing bigger and bigger houses just to, to fill it up with more stuff, stuff that you don't even need or want. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, seven tips for a more simple life. I hope you've learned a thing or two. If you have, be sure to subscribe. I'm at jimmystable.com. You can email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Google, 
and all the other places that podcasts are found. Be sure to subscribe. You can do that at jimmystable.com slash subscribe. You can sign up for the newsletter. Be sure, if you can, share it with a, this episode with a friend if you think it'll help them. And be sure to uh, leave a five-star review if you are at a place that allows for five-star reviews. Have a couple five-star reviews over there at uh, Apple. I'm not sure all the other places that allow five-star reviews, but I encourage you, leave your five-star reviews. But I encourage you, don't leave me a three-star review. I don't want your three-star review. Three-star review is not going to help me, right? (laughs) Be thankful that I've taken my time to go ahead and share this information with you. Uh, so don't be stingy in your, uh, you know, reviews. Leave, leave the five-star review. Be, be generous. Don't leave a three-star review. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, episode 78, seven tips for a more simple life. Take care, everybody, and God bless, and have a good one. Air smudge.